Let's pray together. Oh, Lord, indeed. Give us a fresh, fresh fire. What an appropriate song for the times in which we live. Lord, fill us. Renew the fire in our souls. Renew the, the, the love we have for you. Show us again the, the great love you have for us. Give us a fresh fire of worship uh, that as we, as we look at our text today that we're reminded again that we want to worship no one but you, that no one should receive the glory uh, but you alone. Indeed, Lord, give us that fresh fire of the Holy Spirit. Do a mighty work here uh, in us and through us this day by the power of your Spirit. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you uh, for the, uh, the feedback on last week's uh, message. I was grateful to hear that some of you found that uh, informative and, and helpful. Thank you uh, much for that. But uh, soli deo gloria, to God alone uh, be the glory uh, for that. Uh, today I want to look again at Daniel. Uh, last week we looked at how uh, with Daniel there was a name change and, and how those how the names changed, how our identity impacts how we worship and who we worship. Today I want to look at Daniel 3, and again my reading uh, of Chris Hodges' uh, book, The Daniel Dilemma, uh, almost uh, at three years ago I was actually holing up at Smith Mountain Lake uh, doing a study leave, uh, and I began to read uh, this, this book in the wintertime, and it's interesting all that's happened uh, since then. Uh, that, that just applies about how the world is wanting to change us and how the world is, is pushing us to worship uh, someone other than God, than Yahweh, Jehovah. Um, so listen as we read uh, Daniel 3, verses 1 to 7 together. Well... King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold, whose height was 60 cubits and its breadth 6 cubits. That's uh, 90 feet tall and 9 feet wide, by the way. He set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then King Nebuchadnezzar sent together the satraps, the prefects, and the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the justices, the magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And then the satraps, the prefects, and the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the justices, the magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces gathered for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And the herald proclaimed aloud, You are commanded, O peoples, nations, and languages, that when you hear the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music, you are to fall down and worship the golden image that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall immediately be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, as soon as all the peoples heard the sound of the horn, the pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music, all the peoples, nations, and languages fell down 
and worship the golden image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Thanks be to God for His holy word. Well, King Nebuchadnezzar has set up, uh, as you heard, this golden image. And this was no tiny little mantelpiece. Uh, six, it was 60 cubits high, six cubits wide. A cubit is about 18 inches, a foot and a half. So this thing, again, was 90 feet tall and nine feet wide. Not only did Nebuchadnezzar have an image made that everyone was supposed to worship, he made sure that there was a worship music. Verse 5 says that at the sound of the horn and the pipe and the lyre, the trigon, uh, the harp and the bagpipe and every kind of music, you're to fall down and worship the golden image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And just in case the, the music didn't motivate Nebuchadnezzar had a more diabolical motivation, verse 6. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall immediately be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. Satan will go to great lengths to get us to worship someone or something other than God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's been that way ever since the Garden of Eden and the fall of humankind. That's why the first two commandments were straightforward. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that's in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them. Now, our reaction here in the year 2022 is something like, well, well, I'm a Christian, and I don't have any little statues, big or large, around my home. I don't have any false gods, so, so maybe this sermon isn't for me, preacher. Is that so? Well, think about it this way. When we find ultimate meaning from anything or anyone other than God, you and I have entered into idolatry. It can be addictions or habits, but it can also be something that's, that's fine in and of itself. It can be family or work. When we elevate those things above God, we're moving into worshiping false gods. And I'm going to step on some toes here this morning. I I may even make some of you upset at me, but uh, I feel I have no choice. In, in our community and in communities around this nation, our biggest God may be, false God may be sports, folks. It may be sports. Don't believe me? Then ponder this. Why is it we'll sit out in the rain... And we'll hoop and holler, scream and shout, paint our faces, high-five strangers at football games. But on a day like today when it's raining and a little bit cold, we'll sit at home. And we get uncomfortable if somebody raises their hands in worship. Or somebody says amen in worship. I know, I know some of us aren't comfortable. It's not our style of worship. I get it. I understand that. But still, I believe you and I have got to ask ourselves, why is it that we're willing to praise a team that doesn't even know us and quite frankly has done very little for us 
And yet we won't praise the God who created us, redeemed us, and sustains us every day. And sports may not be your God, and I may be off base here, though I think not. But still the question we must ask, who or what matters most? Who or what matters most? Who or what gets my allegiance? Who or what is my top priority? You and I were made to worship. The question is, is who or what will we worship? As with the name changes in Daniel 1, Chris Hodges in the Daniel Dilemma has done a marvelous job of pointing out in depth uh, some of the the most uh, common false gods that we find in Scripture. I'm not going to share all the details this morning. I just want to hit a few highlights, give you some summaries. And I want to let you decide if you think these false gods are still alive and well uh, in the year 2022. The first one is what is referred to as the spirit of mammon. A person who worships the god mammon or has a spirit of mammon has a preoccupation with wealth and possessions. Now, there's no doubt that the Bible contains story after story about people that God has blessed. We could talk about Abraham and Joseph and David and Solomon. There's a host of others. Wealth in and of itself, folks, is not a bad thing. Please don't think that I'm saying that. The key is that the spirit of mammon is a preoccupation with wealth. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 24, no one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. And the word money there is the Greek word mammon. You cannot serve God and mammon. Mammon or money or possessions can, has a way of drawing you and I away from the service and the worship of God. And preoccupation with money can be a struggle whether we're wealthy or whether we're poor. That's why we read in Proverbs 30, Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is needful for me, lest I be full and deny you and say, Who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and still and profane the name of my God. Please hear me. I understand it takes a certain amount of money just to survive. And we all know it's getting worse. Gas prices are soaring right now as we meet. It's not my intention to belittle anyone who is struggling to get by. And it's not my intention nor the Scripture's intention to belittle anyone who's trying to get a little ahead. But the question is, does money and possessions consume too much of our lives? Someone has put it this way. It's okay to have money as long as money doesn't have you. It's okay to have money as long as money doesn't have you. Only you can decide. Only you can decide. But are you tempted? Are we tempted today to worship the God of mammon? I am. Probably all of us would say we have 
some area of temptation there. Another false god we read about often in the Bible is Baal, B-A-A-L. Most people pronounce it Baal, uh, like a bell of hay, but uh, its original pronunciation was actually Baal. I'm going to go with Baal just because that's what a lot of people say, but, but uh, it really was Baal. Judges 10.10, and the people of Israel cried out to the Lord saying, we've sinned against you because we have forsaken our God and have served the Baals. Baal was a Canaanite god. Uh, the, the origin of this word simply means lord or, or owner or even husband. But Baal was a god associated with weather and thunderstorms in particular. Uh, he was said to appoint the seasons of rain. And clouds were part of his entourage. And his weapon of choice was the lightning bolt. Baal was also viewed as a god of fertility. Uh, okay, you say, but, but what does that have to do with me and my worship? Well, because of Baal's association with thunderstorms, he was also the god of power, and he was seen as the root of pride. Oh, how the god of power and the god of pride is alive and well today, and Vladimir Putin's not the only one, folks. The god of power is alive and well Perhaps pride has kept more people from the saving grace of Christ than any other temptation. Because people think, well, I'm, I'm self-sufficient. I'll take care of myself, thank you very much. But the Bible has some strong words to say to you and I about pride. You may be familiar with Proverbs 16, 18. Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before the fall. Proverbs 29, 23 One's pride will bring him low, but he who is lowly in spirit will obtain honor. Or consider Mark 7, where Jesus has a confrontation with the Pharisees because some of his disciples are eating with unclean hands. And Jesus says, hey, look, it's not what goes into a person that defiles them. It's what comes out of their heart that defiles them. And beginning with verse 21, for from within... Out of the heart of man come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, and here it is, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and they defile a person. Did you catch that? Pride's listed right there with sexual immorality and theft and murder. Is a very dangerous sin. Pride defiles us and drives us away from the worship of God. The prideful begin to believe that they have no need for God. We worship the God of pride when we think we have everything under control. Here again I ask, how tempted are we? How tempted are we to worship the God of pride? Another false god encountered in the Scriptures is Asherah. 1 Kings 14, for they also built for themselves high places and pillars and asherim on every high hill and under every green tree. And they were, they were also male cult prostitutes in the land. They did according to all the abominations of the nations that the Lord drove out before the people of Israel. Folks, Asherah was the goddess of pleasure. Pleasure of any kind but especially sensual pleasure. 
the motto of the worshipers of this God were, if it feels good, then do it. You don't need me to cite many examples to know that this false God is alive and well. Watch a nightly television program and this God's temptations are on display. Or consider that by June of 2015, 125 million copies of Shades of Grey had sold. Or consider the credit card debt in our nation, a sign that we do not deny ourselves many pleasures, whether it be vacations or dinners out or possessions of all kinds. How has the goddess of, temp of pleasure tempted you and drawn you away from the worship of God? It's interesting, these three gods, mammon, possessions, Baal or Baal, or power and Asherah pleasure, though they're not always listed by name, they show up at the very beginning of the Scripture and they show up again uh, in the temptation of Jesus. In Genesis 3, verses, verse 6, So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise... She took of its fruit and ate, and she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. There it is. Good for food. It's the God of possessions. She already had plenty of food. She wanted more. Delight to the eyes. There's the God of pleasure. Desire to make one wise. There's the God of power. She wanted and he, Adam, wanted more power than God had granted them. Consider Satan's temptations of Jesus in Matthew. Jesus was tempted, if you remember, to turn stones into bread. That could be viewed as the temptation of possessions or even pleasure. Jesus was tempted to throw himself down. It was a temptation of power to show off his power. Jesus was tempted to worship Satan and get all the kingdoms of the world. One could argue that this one encompasses all those possessions, power, and pleasure. We also see in our text this morning that Nebuchadnezzar's statues were made of gold and they were 90 feet tall. There's the God of pleasure, of possessions. That statue represented Nebuchadnezzar's power, the God of power. The worship of it was accompanied by music and historians tell us that this music was most likely very sensual music. There it is, the God of pleasure. The temptation to worship the false gods of possessions and power and pleasure are clearly found in Scripture. And unfortunately, folks, we, we still deal with them every day. They're out in front of us every day. We face a battle, I believe, every day, a spiritual battle of who or what is going to get our worship. If you know the rest of Daniel 3, the beautiful thing there is that Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah did not compromise. You may remember them by the names Nebuchadnezzar gave them, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but they did not compromise. They continued to worship God, Jehovah, even though they faced a fiery furnace. A few chapters later, Daniel did not compromise. He continued to pray to God even though he faced the lion's den. 
The decision before us, I believe, every day is the decision that was before Daniel and his companions. It's the decision Joshua presented to the people of Israel and in turn to us. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and faithfulness. Put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, well, then choose this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods your fathers served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. This is more than a nice saying on a plaque in our living rooms, folks. This is a spiritual battle. What have we decided? What's our decision? Have we decided that as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord? Perhaps you think, well, preacher, we're here, aren't we? I mean, isn't it obvious that that we've chosen the Lord? I can't pass that judgment. That's way, way, way above my pay grade. But I can ask you the questions that I'm asking myself, because I've already been asking these questions. Have we put away the false gods of possessions and power and pleasure? Have we really chosen God over all these things? Uh, Who or what do we worship? It's with those questions in mind that I want to put in a shameless plug for the evening worship service on March 6. It's an opportunity, folks, for us to worship. It's an opportunity for us just to spend some some additional time worshiping the Lord in song, in, in testimonies, in prayers, maybe even times where, where you just get along and, pr- uh, and pray like you haven't prayed in a long time. I, I don't know what the Lord will do that evening. We're trusting He does amazing things. I, I'm urging us to do this. Let's come together. Let's come to, together and declare anew as for me and my house. As for me and my house, we will serve and worship the Lord. Let's pray together. Lord, there's so many false gods that tempt us. They're around us every day. And Lord, maybe there's one sitting out there today that's beating him or herself up because they've, they've given in to that God one too many times. Lord, don't, don't, don't make that happen. Instead, raise them up, Lord. Raise them up. Show them that there is tremendous forgiveness in you and, and you got a new way for them to walk. You, you want them to worship and adore you and serve you because that's what's best for their lives. Lord, all of us face temptations every day. And the temptation that I face is not the temptation that another 
faces, but, but somewhere along the way, many of those are wrapped up in, in pride and, and possessions and pleasure. Lord, and, and, and pride and possession and pleasure, they're, they're behind things as big as what's going on in the Ukraine. But they're behind the wars that we face every day as well. It's a spiritual battle. God, we can't fight it on our own, so send your Holy Spirit that we might fight the battles. I pray, Lord, that with the power of the Holy Spirit, that, that this body of Christ and the body of Christ everywhere will choose as for me and my house. We will serve and worship God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God, give us the power to make that choice. That maybe even today we see as a, as a line in the sand that we've drawn. That we're going to worship and serve the Lord. Keep us from temptation, Lord. Give us the power to choose you. In Christ's holy name, amen. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you His peace today and forevermore. Amen.